Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys at a Mic Show, and thank you very much, Mr. Announcer Man, for that outstanding introduction. Although I feel like I've heard that somewhere before. Oh, yeah, about the last uh, couple of months in a row. Welcome, everybody. It's a beautiful, beautiful Wednesday edition edition of the Two Guys at a Mic Show. It's Leap Day, by the way, last day of the month of February. All the hopes and dreams you had. For the month of February, you better uh, get them done quick because we're about to turn over a new page and get into the month of March. we got sports and more to talk about. Big Dog will do the talking. Coach will do the analyzing. David Olson, our producer, he will do the editing. And if he edits properly, our one-hour show will probably include about two and a half minutes of conversation. So hopefully he won't edit properly. Hopefully he'll be in a good mood today. All right, Dog and the Coach, we're off and run. A little bit of music and then we'll get this puppy started. Big Dog, could you imagine if we actually had a editor for this particular show who, you know, could hear what we talk about and then edit things out in advance? I'm afraid our one-hour show would be quite minuscule. How are you, buddy? Well, uh, we had Robert the Rain Man McEwen said he was willing to do that. He said, man, I can get your show down to a really good, like, 45 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That's not bad. I was like, that's pretty good. Because yeah. people like stuff in short amount of time, we'd probably up our listenership. Yeah, the old underhanded compliment, huh? Well, you know, underhanded, in that, uh, overhanded, underhanded, yeah, whatever. No, but, I mean, it's a backhanded compliment. What's the underhanded compliment? Yeah, what what right. happens to is that like is that like a turn and cough type compliment? Yeah, it's actually it's more like a straight on swift kick in the groinal area. That's what that is, and. uh well, we used to kid after doing many years at the Morning Break Radio Show that we're still working on our top ten highlight tape. You know, we actually had some pretty good highlights over there. We had a couple moments. Yep. The problem was our, our our producer usually wasn't lucid at the time. He had no idea what was funny or not. <laughs> yeah. He wanted he just wanted to comment about, you know, like uh the the next great Cinderella in uh college basketball. Mm-hmm. So speaking of that, coach, you said February's almost done. You know, I'm I'm a very optimistic person, and I'm glad February is uh, about to be done. No offense to this month while I'm still in it, but to be honest with you, it's like the only month that I don't have something to look forward to in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Besides, like, the Super Bowl, which has now become, like, a new February staple at the at the beginning of the, of, of the, beginning of the month. But, like, January, I'm like, you know what? I love the bowl games, uh, the, the big bowl games, and I love the NFL playoffs. So I, I have that coming for me. In March, obviously, there's mm-hmm. so much going on. And then in April, just the beginning of the baseball season, and it's beautiful. And I don't care what is going on in the sporting world. May, June, July, August in Chicago is the most beautiful time ever. So you know, I don't need anything you know, exterior. And then all of a sudden, September comes, and even it's the most beautiful month of the year, and you get football turning around. In October, there's always – in November, there's stuff going on. In December, there's beautiful stuff. February is the one month where I'm like, eh, there's nothing really going on. I, I, yeah, so – I think that's a quality decapitation of pretty much what most people are feeling. I think the prevailing attitude in the Midwest, Chicago area specifically, is you got to fight through. You get through February. That's about the best you can do, big dog. 
Dude, isn't it funny that they made February 28 days? Like, they figured this out. We, well, there's, like, the Mayans figured out that there's, you know, <laughs> 365.22 days, you know, mm-hmm. you know, for the Earth to go around the, the sun. And even they made February a really short month. They're like, man, let's just get rid of this month. Every, every other day has at least 30. Every well, month well, you get 29, but normally it's 28. There's a reason for that. It and is curious. It's, it's curious you bring that up. It's a, I don't know if the Mayans were aware that the Super Bowl would be played. In early February, I don't know if the Mayans were Back caught up in the March Madness in, fever. I don't know if Mayans knew that, you know, the baseball season wouldn't start until April, how many millions of years ago that was. But uh, we do thank the Mayans for extending February, keeping the month of February short on the sports calendar. Thank you, Mayans. They had no idea. Way back then, they used to play the NFL championship game in December. So, like, when you said that we were the we were the 2027 or 1927, you know, mm-hmm. NFL champs. You really were. You played your championship game in the same year. Mm-hmm. This really messed up the Mayans. I think that <laughs> threw them off the most. <laughs> oh, good. On the Mayan calendar, does it have some of those uh, sporting events, like, you know, April 1st, national championship game, and then you work your way up, opening a football season, and then, of course, December uh, 2012, end of civilization <laughs> as we know it. And in parentheses, that means the NFC Championship game will not be played December 27th. No, they were big on their sports, Coach. They were huge on their sports. And they used to play uh, this one particular game every 12 years. And the winner of the game, and it took anywhere between, like, one day to, like, a week to accomplish, you had to, like, elbow a ball through a little hole that was, uh, <laughs> up, like, attached to a wall. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, but it sounds uh, it sounds somewhat humorous. Well, it's extremely difficult, and like basically, imagine rugby with people like me that are extremely mean playing it, and you can just run at full speed, blast people, and the whole thing is you had to elbow this ball through a a hole that stuck out like 15 feet above your head. It's like if you go anywhere in the Mayan world, they'll have these courts. Well, when I when I went to Chichen Itza, it was it was the grandest of all the courts. It's like where they played every 12 years, they played the biggest game of the year. And what would happen, Coach, is whoever won this game, they would walk them up to this huge altar. They would uh, attach their arms to each side and then slit, uh, uh, like, some type of arteries and bleed them to death. I'm almost afraid to ask what happens to the loser of the game. Well, nobody wanted to. They just sent the losers away. You would never sacrifice a, a loser's butt to the god. Wow! So they would just you would just send them. Back. They would go back into the bush with their wow. head down. And upon upon uh, death or after that incident, would they then meet up with a hundred virgins? Is that part I'm of the? Sure uh... the I'm not sure about the hundred virgins. Okay. That, I, I don't know about what they got in the afterlife. I'll have to look <laughs> into that much, but. Uh, Hopefully for them, there's at least somebody with some experience in the group. <laughs> By the way, someone just emailed in and they said they've got the current Mayan calendar. It does indeed have some of the sports games on there. And then it says December, what is it, 21st? End of yeah. civilization as we know it. But there's a little asterisk underneath that. And uh-huh. the asterisk says in case civilization does not end, uh game will be played at the home field of the NFC champions December 27th. So there you go. That's beautiful to know. They, they, uh, they did put an out on the calendar. Uh, it, it isn't the end of the civil of civilization. That was a bunch of people who mm-hmm. are just idiots. All right. Hey, hey, by the way, speaking of leap year, I'm a David Olson, producer extraordinaire. We'll put this out to the uh, 
Find folks out in uh, Internet Radio Land. Our phone number here, if you want to check in, 888-463-6748, 888-463-6748. The Tribune today had an interesting uh, little, not deep, but, you know, a cute little thing on leap year. And they went with the whole jump or leap concept, and they talked about uh, some of the famous jumps or leaps in American life. Sports okay. or otherwise. Big Dog, I got a few in front of me. See if you can pick out what are some of the more either humorous or athletically electrifying jumps or leaps in American history. Uh, the Dwight Clark catch in the back of the end zone. That was a great catch. I don't know. It's not in there, but was was the leap part, I guess it. Okay. You know, he got so high up. How about Yeah, the, you're right, because it's called, no, it's called the catch, not the leap. Yeah. How about the, the Fosbury flop? That should be in there. That's a great call because that okay. changed high jumping as we know it. Okay, I just uh, okay, real quick so now for our young listeners because we are very big in the six to thirteen market, big dog, and I don't think they know what the Fosbury flop is. We're also big, by the way, in the seventy to uh, deceased market, and then between thirteen and seventy, big dog, those age groups. Uh huh. We struggle a bit. We okay, struggle well, a bit. But who, well, who, and or what is Dick Fosbury and the Fosbury flop? Well, uh, Dick Fosbury was the guy who came up with the brilliant idea of when he uh, uh, competed in the high jump to uh, lead with his back instead of jumping over face first. And he was able to uh, basically land comfortably on his back and roll over perfectly and do it where he would never get hurt. And everybody started doing it like immediately Mm -hmm. after they saw him do it. It was like one of those things where when people saw Pete Gogolak kick soccer style in football. Yep. People were still like, oh, Europeans don't know how to kick a football better than American. And it's still 25 years later, there was still a couple of idiots kicking straight forward. Another. So when Fosbury did that, it was like everybody. I mean, how many people? You, you probably would know better than me. Everybody did it. Didn't they like, immediately go? It's, it's a great call. That should definitely be on the list. I'm adding it on there. Dick Fosbury, when he did that jump, and it, you, you segue into another really cool topic, and that would be dramatic changes in athletics, things that, you know, dramatically change. You talk about the field goal kick. I guess you could go, you know, George Hallis, when he threw the, he decided, hey, let's try something. Let's throw a forward pass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's stick to the leap theory now, but you know what? I'm going to mark that down because I kind of like that as a little category also, things that have dramatically changed sports or otherwise, people that just came up with ideas and did a different. But help me out, Big Dub, because I'm trying to remember before – before the Fosbury flopping, though, what did, did the jumpers? They go straight on. Yeah, yeah, they would jump. They, they would jump head forward. At head first, forward. Wow. Believe this, believe this or not. Okay, when I, I saw this movie way back, it was uh, it was like a, it was an 1896 uh, U.S. training team training for the Olympics. Okay, and. When they, when they got there, everybody was doing everything completely different than how they were doing. The U.S. did extremely well in the 1896 Olympics because they did things unlike anybody else. The high jump, they used to run and try to leap over it like, like it was like a hurdle. <laughs> That's how they used to compete in the high jump in 1896. The U.S. came there and they were the ones jumping overhead first. And they were like this, they won one, two, and three because they were like, are you serious? When they saw the people go ahead of them, when the U.S. came up, they were like, could you, and everybody else had it like at three feet. And the U.S. were like, we'll put it at five and a half. And everybody was like, what? 
Are these U.S. people out of their minds? And they jumped over at first. They were like, uh-oh, when they swept. They got all this. So it's like... It, the 1896 Olympics, the first modern Olympics, is probably not the. There's probably a lot of that went on. I mm-hmm. wish I could give more examples. There was a bunch of stuff like that, Coach, where it was like one, like the guy from uh, Turkmenistan, you know, he's throwing a shop with between his legs, and then everybody, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like everybody had like different styles on the first one. It's pretty yeah. cool. By the way, uh, David, for the people that did that back then, very little room for error. It was, it was a good technique, but believe me, if you messed up, you wouldn't need the Mayan calendar in 2012 to worry about. All right, uh, Big Dog, great call. They won't let women throw the javelin. Thank you very much. Great call on the Dick Fosbury. Other le- and again, this doesn't have to be uh, at. There's a few outside the athletic venue. Famous jumps or leaps. I got the number one one. There's no. I guarantee I got the number one on the list. One. Small step for man, one giant leap Nicely for mankind. Done. Nicely done. He fires. I thought you were going to go to an athletic feat because there is one athletic feat that clearly to me is first and foremost, but uh, that's on the list. Nice job, big dog. Uh, Off the sports page. One, and that was uh, who? Our, our Bears coach, Neil Armstrong, Armstrong. right? So, oh, oh, he, and then later on, I mean, honestly, Coach, the simple fact is you walk on the moon and then you – Coach the Chicago Bears afterwards? Yep. To come down. Yeah, like, hey, guys, I walked on the moon. Somebody blocked somebody. <laughs> you paint the hole. Abilene, please throw it to the guys in orange and blue. You know what I mean? Uh, you I mean, mean you I can't practice talk. a half an hour more? I went into orbit and I walked on the freaking moon. Get your butts out there. Neil Armstrong was a heck of an astronaut, <laughs> but a very mediocre football coach for the oh, Bears. Oh, horrible. Yeah. yeah. Especially with Peyton. I mean, with Peyton, they should have won more games. Yeah. Now, you're talking, there's a mass, when you tell me the sports one, I'm gonna, it's gonna drive me crazy. I think I there, I think there's one to me that's, that's the most famous, the most amazing would be the word. But don't, just. Oh, well, well, oh, well, then, without a doubt, when, uh, when, uh, Bob Beeman. There you go. 20, when he jumped, what, 29-2? And not... he broke the record by two feet? Whatever it was, he broke the record by two feet, and nobody broke it until, uh, what, Mike Powell, 24 years later or something like that, Coach? Are you looking How at the Tribune now, Big Dog? Are you on the Internet? Are you, are you get, bringing this right off the, the, the top of the cuff? Oh, just to, just to let you know, I am at Water Riders right now, and <laughs> I am – today I was supposed to be in studio. And, I, you know, I can't throw Lily the Lilac under the bus too much because, quite frankly, the girl is extremely good to me, and she's an incredible person. But – when I say stuff like the Metro train doesn't wait, it leaves at 8.34, and say stuff like, when we left at 7.50 last time, I barely made that train, and it's 8, 8 o'clock. You know what I mean? So that's, it was, I missed the train. So I, okay. no, I have no internet access. I am in water riders right now, and legitimately, when we get done with this, I am going to be out on the Chicago River. So if anybody nice. wants to join me, please come on down. We're going to take a leap on the water. So Nice. Waterriders.com. What better way to break in the month of March, the final day of February, than to check that out, take a little uh, gondola ride, if you will, with the big dog. But the Bob Beeman jump big dog, I don't know. You know, the two of us can talk with all the enthusiasm we want. I don't know if the young clientele out there can really fully appreciate it, but suffice it to say it – just shattered the previous record, and, and people were trying to figure out, like, I, you know, the best explanation was that the air was particularly light. Well, how come the rest of his jumps were two feet shorter also? It's a good point. It was weird. He's like, he's like, I can't explain it. He's like, I do believe I was the greatest long jumper in the world, but he's like, I don't know how I jumped 
that much further on that jump at that moment. 29 he's like, feet. I felt it. He's like, I felt it. He's like, I knew I was going to do something great when he was going down the track. He felt that way. He's like, I just felt like I had like lightning in my body at the time. It was in Mexico City, 29 feet, two and a half inches. The previous feet was 21 feet, three quarter inches. So just, I don't know how you would equate that. 20, it would be 27. It would be 27. He only broke it by two feet. He did not break it by eight feet, Coach. He did not I break the... I didn't say he broke it by eight feet. You said 21 feet. No, man, it's all good. Yeah, well, I'm reading. It said, uh, yeah, 21 feet and three-quarter inches. That was the previous record. No, that, well, that, that's wrong is all I'm saying to you. Okay. The previous record all was right. 27 feet. It wasn't 21 okay. feet. I promise you right. he did not. The previous record was not something I could have done in high school. All right. Any other uh, jumps or leaps? You picked out a couple of great ones there. Acing the test without use of the Internet, sitting all by himself, just him. Pair of boxer shorts and a blanket sitting at the Chicago River right now. So if you stop by, say hello. But the warning to all the folks out there, I would not get too close to the big dog right now. This is this is definitely the <laughs> truth. Now there's there's got to be like a like a phenomenal catch, uh, like of a baseball catch that I, that I'm forgetting. It's it's not. I don't think this survey is that deep, but certainly there's a ton. I don't know if there's one absolute famous jumping catch in baseball. I mean, there's so many that have been phenomenal. I don't know if you can pick out one. They got one. Let me give you a hint here. Uh, scouting combine Chicago Bears. See it that. Uh, a, a, a leap? A great jump? Scouting combine Chicago Bears big man. I know this one. I don't oh, remember yeah, the guy's name. He jumped out of the pool. Yeah, the guy who jumped out of the pool, and he was... Uh, he was a second-round draft pick yeah. from, I believe, Fresno State. It is. For those that haven't seen it, it's still an amazing video. The dude's name was Jerron Gilbert. Yeah, that's right, Jerron Gilbert. And yeah, he he could play defensive tackle. He can play defensive end. He can play strong side backer coach. He's a hybrid. He's a tweener. He can do everything. He can do everything <laughs> lousy. You name it, anything on the football field, he could do very poorly. <laughs> He could fill out a number of stats mediocrely. Yeah, but, so they uh, have question. Yeah, that that he never that guy we were all we were excited. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. But I was fooling. That YouTube that, that YouTube video bid don't lives for the ages. I mean that's still an unbelievable feat. Yeah, I I viewed us that pool and uh and Chicago Bear draft pick. I that I would have got it in the heartbeat. You're right, I should have mm-hmm. got it. And you know, people still some people claim that he jumped into the pool and they they recruited ah, it back. Interesting. I have never I, thought of that. Have you ever tried to do it? Jumped, uh, jumped out of the pool? Yeah. Yeah, I tried after that video came out. It's, it's, it's impossible. Yeah, I don't think he did it. Interesting. He's never done it any other place. And, and as a matter of fact, when he actually could afford, uh, a membership over at the East Bank Club, he wouldn't do it. He said, oh, no, no, I don't want to do that here. Mm-hmm. I made that last part up, by the way. Thank you very much. All right, uh, real quick, because I don't want to spend the whole show on it. They've got Evil Knievel's jump uh, across the whatever the heck that was. Well, the there's, a, there's or, a bunch of, yeah, there's a bunch of those. they got Blake Griffin slam dunks over a key to win the 2011 All-Star uh, dunk. That's, that's overrated. They've got the figure skating quintuple jump, and then dot, 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 still waiting for that one. So whoever does that, I don't know who the first, Quinn is five. Who did the first quadruple? Well, I know Tanya skating. Harding was the first female to do a quadruple, right? That's I'm pretty sure. 
Tanya Harding did the first woman's quadruple mm -hmm. of anything. Where there was like, uh, I've, I don't know which man did the quadruple axle and what all those other crazy things that they do. Mm -hmm. All right, but they're waiting for the quintuple, maybe in the Winter Olympics, coming up in a couple of years. I don't remember this, but water skiing Fonzie? Jumps over a shark. Oh, jumping I, the shark. Yeah, that. I mean, is that where the expression started? That's where the expression well, started. I don't and that's why it's important. But what happened o in the? Okay, it was it, it was one of those episodes. It's like, oh, for some inexplicable reason, the entire Happy Days crew went to Los Angeles. They went to Hollywood, and there was there was there was like a they, sp they were spending time at the beach, and there was this water skier that was hassling Fonzie, so they decided to have a water ski competition. And during the competition, Fonzie jumped over a shark on water skis. And everybody thought that's the moment Happy Days started going downhill. So that term became used for any series. When there's a moment when the show starts going downhill, they say you jump the shark. Interesting. There you go, Big Dog. A little uh, media historical perspective from producer extraordinaire. You know, I... You know what I find hilarious is I never liked Happy Days when I was a kid, and uh, and I have to admit uh, when it was out in the seventies, like the like the adult humor, I probably wasn't getting at the time, and I didn't think Fonzie was as cool as all the other seven year olds did. Well, so I was like, this is stupid. I, I I'm as tall as that guy. Why should I think he's cool? And I remember like specifically, I never watched the show, and then all of a sudden that whole jump the shark thing, and I didn't know they went to Hollywood. And I'm like, this show was moronic. They got sharks in Lake Michigan. I'm like, that's why I never watched the show. I had no idea they were out in Hollywood. I remember specifically making fun of my buddies because they were watching a show with had a shark in Lake Michigan. Which reminds me, did you ever watch the show Arrested Development, Big Dog? I wish I would have. I'm all, people that I really trust with television were like, Joel, you would love it, and I haven't watched it yet. Well, that was Ron Howard was the executive producer on it, and Henry Winkler was a character on the show. Uh -huh. And there was a scene where they're down. You, you, one of the one of the characters lived on a boat, and Henry Winkler was came running down to see him at, on the boat. And there was a shark on a pier, and he uh, jumped over it as he's running over to him. Nice touch. I just thought I thought that was hysterical, just a one-off joke. And how many how many people got that one? Very few. <laughs> yeah. But then you know, a couple of days later on the internet, it's like, hey, did you catch uh -huh. Henry Winkler jump on the shark? So. I was not a big fan of Happy Days like you, Big Dog, but as a teenager, did have a uh, brief but strange physical attraction to one of the co-stars, Anson Williams. Which one was that guy? Was he uh, was he uh, <laughs> I think so, yeah. By the way, the sister of, was it Fonzie? What's her name? Um, I, I always found her annoying. Dark hair Aaron, with Aaron Moran? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what's was Fonzie had a sister? What was her name? Adrian? Aaron Moran. Yeah, Aaron Moran. Yeah. Not a big fan. And there's another actress who reminded me of her, too. Adrian Barbeau. Ugh. From Maud. Huh? From She was on Maud. She was the Equally daughter of Maud. Yeah, yeah. Equally annoying. All right. 888-463-6748, Big Dog, and the coach of the two guys in a mic show all over the place as per usual. Big Dog checking in via the uh, telecommunicative phone lines out near the Chicago River. Anybody near you or are you all by your lonesome talking on the cell phone doing the show right now? Yeah, well, I had every intention of using the last ticket that I had for uh – February for the old pay ride, so it's like wasted. I just like throwing money away. I am going to hand it to somebody as they get on the train in the train station. Mm -hmm. 
Like you're have a free ride, someone. Right. So I oh, have him come on down to the studio. Who knows? Maybe the host, like the one o'clock, two o'clock show, won't show up, and some lucky fan will be able to co-host their own show. Yeah, so I, I, I had every intention of being in studio right now. So mm-hmm. no, I, I, I'm, I'm all by my lonesome. All right. But it is absolutely gorgeous out today. It's beautiful. Oh. So I'm gonna, I'm getting out on the river. So hopefully, uh, I get some contact back from uh, some of the friends right on the river here in a little bit. It's so. unbelievable. I mean, via the internet, we of course are casting uh, this dispersion throughout the United States, out in the seven different continents, big dog. Seven different continents our voice is being heard, and also, uh, I think, downtown Evanston on the north side of Chicago, uh, if our signal carries that far. But, you know, I don't, I'm not sure I haven't checked all the weather maps, I, so I don't know where it is all over the country, but here in Chicago, late Feb, and it's it's like 60 degrees and sunny. I mean, we, we should have Cubs opening day today. It'd be a perfect day for baseball. You know, I cannot believe you said that because I said to Lily the Lilac today as we were uh, coming in late to the studio, I was like, you know, uh, the day that the Cubs open their season at home, it's going to be horrible. And I go, that's more than a month away. Remember this day. <laughs> and I also said the day after that they have their opening day, which will be horrible, is going to be a gorgeous day, which is perennial exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, you know, I think it's been pretty much around the country that way, but... Uh ridiculously warm today absolutely beautiful now speaking of baseball and pitchers and catchers reporting here i got a couple of little uh bugaboos i got to bring up to you and see if you're with me here i'm always amazed when players talk about what happened in the past and what happened last year and i got a couple instances i'm going to start with the more minor and then get to the major the minors with the chicago cubs i'm Listening to an interview with uh, Darwin Barney, very cool guy, by the way. I didn't know Darwin, he seems like he's about 22 years old. He's got a wife and I think two kids are it. So he yeah, must, well, he must have got started. In, huh? He's got, he's a college grad. So, uh, okay. I, I, he's probably 25, 26. Oh, that old. Think. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking younger because he was basically a rookie last year. But anyhow, so they're interviewing him. Very cool guy. Very nice interview. And the host talks about, you know, in the years that I've been coming to spring training, it seems to me that this is the hardest and the most that they've worked on fundamentals, really drilling the guys in the fundamentals. And Darwin Barney agrees with that. Yes, there's much more emphasis on fundamentals this year. And it sounded all good for this year, but then I'm going back. Well, what the heck were they doing last year? What, they weren't working hard on fundamentals in a Major League Baseball camp? Where did you see that video? Because I want to watch it also. No, it's not a see. It's, it was a hear. Oh, okay. Radio. I'm because uh, uh, I'm uh, collecting as much tough information as possible, and when I launch uh, uh, my this year man stuff, I'm mm-hmm. going to have all, and that, it's not just going to be crazy videos, which people are starting to get on board, being like, do whatever it takes, I'll videotape you so we can have stuff going out there. People are starting to join on board. I'm going to also have stuff written, and you know what, is coach, since it is, I'm doing this as a character. I I can write like as a character, so I can get away with a lot more. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be good. Absolutely. I'll be like, hey, that wasn't me. That was that was the character. Is that... if you don't like it, go talk to him. And he's the man <laughs> with tight on. If you really feel comfortable with that, then get your own issue. Is okay. this your man incorporated yet? Have you uh, are you an S corp yet? I'm going to uh, not an S corp yet, coach. Okay, but I can do it myself, though, right? Absolutely. I got to figure out how to do that because I I do not want right. to lose everything because of an incident like a. Yep. You know what I mean? Like woman walking on the street, she's me in her tights, she spills her coffee all over, all of a sudden yeah. she can't breathe. And the next, you know, I gotta pay for her, 
you know, her. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you definitely want some legal backing. We don't want you to get in trouble. And by the way, when you incorporate, when you do become an S corp, I'm hoping that I do get Did at least some S-corp? kind of some I'm kind not of middle. Be an S corp, coach. What's that? I'm not going to be an S corp. Okay, I got I got a good girl now. <laughs> S corp, not in S corp. Sorry for the uh, misenumeration there. Okay, I'm sorry. I've come up with like four or five new words on this this show. Um, But I'm hoping that, you know, if it ever comes to fruition, Big Dog, that you'll have a job somewhere in middle management for me. No, yeah. I don't think you've really heard. uh, You you haven't listened too much to what I've said to you since 2002. (laughs) The biggest problem with America is corporations and middle management because. 85% 85% of people in middle management, all they're trying to do is figure out a way to keep their job. That's exactly. That's, 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 the only, that's all they're trying to do. They spend mm-hmm. 85% of the time trying to look busy and trying to figure out something to do. Oh, boy. You know what you need to do is, uh, Dave, I, also, I don't know if you read it or not, the Dilbert cartoon, which captures the humor of office dynamics. It, it, what, that's one of the main themes, what you're just alluding to, Big Dog. And uh, similar to Doonesbury, where in three or four little pictures, you can capture not only a little bit of humor, but so much the message and, and the genius behind it is so great. The guy who writes Dilbert, I think, is it Dave Barry? No, it's not Dave Barry. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but it's, it's absolutely Scott Adams. Scott Adams. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And that's part of the humor that he brings up, what middle management is all about and the obscurity thereof. Yeah, so I'm sure you'd want one of those jobs. Hey, but, Coach, if I was going to give somebody a cush job, it, it'd probably be you, I'd have to admit. It'd Thank you very you. much. Thank you. Yeah. All right, but but getting back to the point at hand, it's like, and I don't mean to pick out just the coach last year, Mike Quade, or just Darwin Barney, but when I hear that, it's like, well, you know, you think millions of dollars they're getting paid, the, the best coaching staff you can assemble who have three months to plan out spring training, and you're not, Working hard, and you're not working on fundamentals. Oh, this spring training, we're really working on fundamentals, working much harder than last year, a lot more concentration on fundamentals. Well, that's great for this year, but what the hell was going on last year? That would be my who comment. Was, who said that? By the way, was it Bruce Dar- Levine? Darwin Barney was the uh, guest. I think it was Dave Kaplan doing the interview. Really? Kaplan said that? Okay. No, no, no. Well, no. Darwin Barney said it. No, but Kaplan, who was the one that said, I've been coming down yes. here doing the for 30 years and this is the hardest I've seen somebody the team work. I think it was Cap. Uh that's disheartening. Why? It? I mean, it's I guess not- it's good that we're finally working, but you're right. Oh, so what for 30 years the Cubs have been putzing around? Yeah, well, yeah, but don't get mad at Dave Cap and it was just an honest comment. I just I'm find not mad I- at Dave Cap, but I'm glad he said it. It's it's good. Yeah. And some of it might be just players speak to, you know, and maybe they're not trying to criticize last year, they're more more likely trying to compliment this year. So maybe I'm overreacting a little bit. But I'm not overreacting on the White Sox thing. I don't know if you've seen these quotes or not. A.J. Persinski talking about how the White Sox this year are doing extra drills, not only with the catchers, but with the pitchers on holding runners close, and the infielders, by the way, covering the bay, and and trying to improve their status as one of the worst in baseball on uh, defending base stealers. Which you're you're aware of the White Sox and, and Persinski's percentage has been really bad the last few years, right? Yeah, it's been horrible. So what is is AJ Persinski trying to say that? Oh, I'm finally going to get some help. I'm not going to be out there all on my own. I swear to you, that is the con- not just help. He basically comes out. I'll see if I can find the quote here while you're talking. But he basically says, "Well, the coaches this year care about it. In the past, it really 
wasn't addressed. Are you kidding me? Holding a runner on first base, not giving him the extra offenses. Offenses spend tons of fundamentals on hitting behind the runner, on bunting, on sacrificing, advancing the runners. That's a huge part of the offensive fundamental game, and you're telling me on defense? You're spending zero time, no concentration. Direct quotes from A.J. Persinski. The previous coaching staff really didn't care about it, so I'm excited we're uh, making it a point of contention this year. How about that? Well, yeah, let, let, let's find out how that goes, because I, I, I would be shocked if Ozzie Gein, who was the shortstop, you know, basically, I know, like, the catcher and the shortstop are, like, the captains of the infield, said uh, he didn't figure out some type of dynamic uh, for the infield to get something done. So if, if A.J. Persinski is saying this, he better throw out a higher percentage of people than this year. Do you see what I'm getting at, Coach? Mm-hmm. If he, he's going to throw the uh, the previous administration under the bus. Well, if you're doing it, if you're doing it right now, well, then you better throw out a higher percentage than like 11 percent or some ungodly low number that H. Brzezinski has been thrown out of the way. This is just a one year thing, Coach. This is I have joked about the fact that he has needed a cutoff man to get to second base. Okay. <laughs> And, and, and A.J. Brzezinski calls a real good game. He catches the ball. Yeah, he, he better get something done because he, I think he just here's, embarrassed himself. Here's the di- direct quote Mark Gonzalez from the Chicago Tribune once again covering the Chicago White Sox. Direct quote, we have the ability to be very good at it. Catcher A.J. Brzezinski said, over the past couple of years, especially me in general, we've taken a beating. We've taken a beating for something we never really cared about. The previous coaching staff just didn't care about it. They had other things to worry about, and it's refreshing to know that it is now a high priority in something we're going to try to do. I find that amazing. Yeah, it's surprising uh, that they didn't care at all. They didn't work at all on it. That's that's shocking. That a major league team that has six weeks of nothing but mundane stuff to go over and over that you can't work on this for a couple hours on a couple different days throughout a six-week spring training. So that's disheartening. Absolutely should be a point of emphasis for every baseball team. High school, college, probably holding runners on, keeping them close. Like I said, the best way to describe how important that is is the amount of time coaches work with hitters on the fundamentals offensively, right, of advancing a runner from first to second. Yeah, if you're a righty, hit inside the ball, and yeah. if you hit the ball on the ground to that side, your team is going to move runners. And, oh, they'll, they'll most likely be a first baseman holding a guy on and a second baseman going to cover, and mm-hmm. guess what? You just got a base hit. Absolutely amazing. All right, pitchers and catchers reporting. Baseball action starting to kick in. We're only a little more than a month away, Big Duck. I mean, it's the end of the month of February, and we talk the end of the month of March, about 31 days from now, we will be uh, asking you for, once again, your scintillating predictions on who you think will win the World Series this year. We're that close to the start of baseball. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. Uh, it's it's really up for grabs this year. I mean, there's a couple great teams, and you will get to it. Like Right now, everybody is loving the Tigers. And uh, something that I heard today that all of a sudden really made me uh, like the Tigers Okay, so, you know, the whole thing is uh, Prince Fielder, the big addition in the offseason to the Tigers, is now going to be batting behind Miguel Cabrera, which Miguel Cabrera is one of the greatest hitters in the game, and now he's got legitimate protection. Well, I found out today that Miguel Cabrera, who we all worry about as a third baseman, I don't really worry about that. I can, I can sleep and not really worry about that. <laughs> he, uh, 
he uh, has been asking Leland the last five years, please let me play third base. But they had nobody to play first base. So they kept him over at first base. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, I, I didn't know he wanted to play there. There's a big difference. Like if, you, if you're a first baseman, all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, I have to go range for the ball and throw it. Well, if he wanted to do that, that's good. So this is uh, that's a good sign for the Tigers, I think, because he actually been wanting to play third. Mm-hmm. Detroit Tigers are going to be absolutely one of your favored teams. We'll <laughs> see the target on their back, a lot of pressure on them. Another guy that's going to be moving over to third base, a lot of eyes will be on him. Another superstar, his name is uh, Hanley Ramirez, who, of course, was a great, if not mercurial, shortstop for your Florida Marlin. But Ozzie Guillen picks up Jose Reyes. And Hanley Ramirez moving over to third base. At first, he fought a big dog, but now he says, I talked to Miguel Cabrero, and he said it's not that bad. Over well, third yeah. base. Supposedly. No, he really never fought it. Yeah, Supposedly, he did. he was like, all right, all right, I don't want to do it, but I'll do it. And uh, now he's like, oh, I love it. It's you know going to add years to my career. The funny thing is they're making this guy work on third base over and over and over again. Well, they're going to miss six weeks right in the middle of the season, so they're going to need Hanley Ramirez to what, be able uh, to play shortstop. What happened to Jose Reyes? That's going to be his uh, yearly uh, hamstring strain. Ah. Does he oh, do that in your groin? Because if it's a groin, I mean, the guy, it's unreal. He misses. He, he's only had one full season that he played, like, more than 150 games. Otherwise, it's always like 110, 110. Mm. He, he's incredible, you know. But don't forget, last year when he was having, like, the greatest season ever, he missed, like, eight weeks. In the middle of the season, he barely qualified to win the batting title at the end of the year. Does his hamstring and groin pull, does it run in conjunction with ex-Cub Aramis Ramirez? Do they pull at about the same time? Maybe the family's vacation over in uh, the Grand Cayman at the same time? Have you tracked that, or are they typically at different times? No, they, that's an excellent uh, note. Maybe, so maybe they're dating never, the same woman, and the six-week periods are at separate times. It's definitely at separate times, but the thing is they, they own a timeshare down in the Cayman. <laughs> Ah, that's you've so uncovered that's the mystery, huh? Yeah, they're 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 uh, happily I don't know if they're happily, but they're married men, so I'm not about yes. to, to to stir up any pot if I, we're just making stuff up. I kid, of course. I kid, of course, absolutely. By the way, one other baseball note before we uh, move to hoops. March Madness right around the corner. Actually, it's not around the corner. It's we've actually peaked around the corner and we're viewing March Madness. But one other baseball note, big dog. I don't know if you're aware or not, but. Uh, let me get his name here. Dino Lorenzi, Jr. Dino Lorenzi, Jr. Are familiar with who he is? Yes, he's uh, he's one heck of a specimen, Coach. <laughs> or he took one heck of a specimen, but basically... Oh, yeah, I always get, get those two confused. I'm sorry. He's I the guy know. who did the urinalysis of urinalysis. Have you ever had a urinalysis of urinalysis? Yes, I have, Coach. I can get into uh, one of those stories. I know he didn't... He just took the sample. He didn't do the analysis. Ah. He so, only took the sample, okay. and he took the sample past 5 p.m. on a Friday, and there were no uh, there were no FedEx departments that could ship it immediately, and he didn't want the FedEx people to be handling. Well, we're the saying sample. sample, by the way. We're talking about Ryan Brown, the MVP, who had the ridiculously high uh, uh, testosterone test. Yeah, three times okay. uh, the highest level ever uh, mm-hmm. administered or found. And then it was recently uh, ruled not applicable in a court of law because it had sat for a couple of days. MLB is fighting it. And what you're talking about, Big Dog, is good old Dino Lorenzi. The mess- Don't shoot the messenger. 
But he came out in the press and fired yesterday. Continue your story. Uh, yeah, basically, he said, you know, there was uh, there was nothing I can do about it. When I got the test done, there was no FedEx places that would ship it before, uh, you know, like immediately. And he couldn't keep it there in a place that would be, uh, 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 what do you call it, that would not mess up the results. So he basically took it home, kept it in a Tupperware container in his basement in a nice, cool place, and uh, on Tuesday morning had it sent immediately. And when it got there, there was no tampering at all with uh, actual bottles. There was nothing wrong with it. And now, so when Brian, let's, let's admit this, Ryan Braun flat out said that the woman asked him, so what do you think happened? And he says, all I know is I never put any of those chemicals in my body. I, I, I took the test, and all of a sudden it disappeared for 44 hours. You tell me what happened. Is what was, he's basically saying he, the guy, and, and then after that, he goes over and just bashes this guy. He bashed him. In the, Brian Braun thoroughly attacked this dude. The Major League Baseball has completely messed this up badly. Uh, first of all, I, like, I, like I said, I still think Ryan Braun did it, okay? That, and I don't think, and I'm kind of glad that this guy came out and defended himself. Ryan Braun to be throwing this guy under the bus yes. is ridiculous. Guy. That was the beautiful thing to have the, uh, you know, otherwise unbeknownst MLB tester taker who, you know, who comes out in the media and he fires back. So, you know, he's yeah, putting exactly. his name out there, his reputation. And, and one point you didn't bring up, Big Dog, is what he did, you know, doing the test after 530, no FedEx, places open, bring it home, which is what they're told to do. Don't leave it at a FedEx store. Bring it home. Hey, hey, don't leave it there. Yeah, that's yeah. what I said. You don't, you, they could mess up the actual test if you leave it at a FedEx store. Well, they're there's just gonna... a little bit more suspicion that way. Uh-huh. Less less suspicion. I mean, either way, there's going to be a little bit of suspicion, but there's less room for error. Anyhow, he also made the point that that, that, that has happened hundreds of times before. This was not some rare exception. Yes. So it's happened many times that on a Friday... When the office isn't open, he keeps it over the weekend and then, you know, mails it on Monday. So more uh, incriminating evidence against Ryan Braun. He used to, by the way, keep it up in the family icebox. But when I think one of his sons or daughters confused it with the Costco tuna fish container, that created a problem. No, i got to tell you, it's one of them fancy energy drinks. Yes. Those energy drinks they have nowadays, if it doesn't have urine color, it's not any good. Don't even try it. I prefer the blue. I don't know why. Getting completely off. But any of those energy drinks and that, that frosty blue look, I love the taste. I got you. I can't I figure understand. it out. I don't, I'm glad you understand because I don't, but it's just something about the blue. Doesn't do it for you? Uh, well, you know, I know people who just like the purple. Hey, I feel like I know because I got like these, these people that come to my house, they just bring purple over. Pot that says purple on it goes. Interesting. Interesting. All right. At any hot, we both appreciate the fact Dino Lorenzi Jr. is firing back. I like that. Defending yeah. himself. Yeah, well, he should defend himself. He's, uh, I mean, Ryan Braun was thoroughly basically saying this guy tampered with my results. I don't know what he had. He basically, dude, if you remember the whole thing, he kind of was like a simulator. I don't know what he has against me or he said something like that. Well, I mean, Ryan Braun, get, get over yourself. I mean, you had the greatest season. You had this massive leap in uh, in production last year, mm-hmm. okay? And, and all of a sudden, it's a, a contract year. That stuff doesn't – it is a little suspicious in my mind, Coach. Yeah. Flat out. And, again, and we've talked about this before, and our thoughts out there from our two guys in the mic audience haven't thrown the 
Phone number on if you want to check in on this or any of the other topics here on a beautiful leap day. Give us a call, Dog and the Coach, at your service, 888-463-6748, A Big Dog, I brought it up before. The sad part of the whole steroid abuse, um, performance-enhancing drugs that so many athletes do now, the sad part is if, and I don't know if Ron Brian Braun falls in this category now, but when there is an athlete that has a breakout year, after so many years of mediocrity, the guy always comes to mind for me is Luis Gonzalez. And I don't know if he did or didn't either, but here's an average player, quality guy, nice guy, fighting for his career, and he has, you know, finally has the breakthrough and the big season. Nowadays, when that happens in any sport, sadly, there's suspicion put on that player. And if the guy's innocent and he really did through all his work in all the young years and he finally had his breakout year, I feel bad for the kid because now everybody is putting suspicion on him. It's, it's one of yeah, the negatives I'm, of the whole situation. No, no, you're, you're definitely right about that. But like Ryan Braun was a 300 hitter with 25 home runs a year. And there's a... And was the rookie of the year a couple of years ago. Okay, so it's not like he was horrible, you know, or or average. And then all of a sudden, you know, he leaves the league in batting and hits, you know, uh, was thirty four home runs last season. So I, you know, that's, that was just a big leap. Where so we'll see, we'll see what'll happen next year. But there's going to be a lot of pressure on him because if he starts out slow and has a bad year, people are like, see, you were on, yep. you were on performance enhancing drugs. Now with Luis Gonzalez, coach, the, see the thing with him was. He would hit 275 with 15 home runs and be a quality major leaguer, a guy that knew, the, you know, where to hit the ball in mm-hmm. certain situations and all that. And then all of a sudden in 2000, he hits 326 with 25 home runs, and the next year he hits 57 home runs. Yep. And, and, and you're talking about a guy that had hit 15 home runs, not like three or four years, but like eight years in a row. He was around 15 home runs. Mm-hmm. And then... All of the, so that's a little different. I mean, that with with Louis with Ryan Braun, you're like, oh, is it a guy that had finally had the breakout year? But with Louis Gonzalez, it's like, well, everybody else is on steroids, and nothing says steroids more than what just happened to Louis Gonzalez. Yeah. And let me remind everybody, Louis Gonzalez didn't gain any weight or any power or any of that. Supposedly, you can take steroids that do not increase your uh, your muscle mass, coach. He got but, he didn't bulk up because he had a thin frame to begin with, but he did what little musculature he had, it was it was more defined. Oh, without a doubt, yeah, yeah. he filled out. He he yeah. filled out to the maximum. But what I'm saying is you can take steroids. People think, oh, the only people on a steroid you can tell by looking at them. No, it's not always. Especially mm-hmm. if you're a, you're a slight frame and you're already an athlete with a high metabolism. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know people that have taken steroids and you could totally tell, oh, yeah, dude, that guy's on steroids. And then, you know, other guys where I was like, really, I had no idea. The guys that I had played football with, even at, uh, uh, you can laugh, but Division Three football, I almost kind of want to say one of the guys, the answer is he used to brag about it. There's how much I love football, I'll do anything. And I'm like, yeah, man, but you're, you would start anyway, you'd be pretty good. <laughs> I just always thought that was a little weird, Coach. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, agree with you. I agree. By the way, I don't know if he's on or not, but Ryan Braun's eyes definitely have some kind of performance-enhancing mechanism. It's a scary... Yeah, I always thought he was like a coke addict, the way he looked around. He's like... <laughs> he, you know what I mean? He looks paranoid. Yes. He's always looking, looking around like something's wrong. His eyes are all bugged, bugged out. <laughs> all 
All right, let us move on from the pitchers and catchers baseball talk here. Dog and a coach on a leap day, final day of February. Beautiful Wednesday here in the fine city of Chicago, our Chicago Bulls, the entire NBA. Big dog, real quick, little basketball transition here. Back in action after the All-Star break. Second half of this fast-forwarded season, the Bulls uh, barely, barely get by the dreaded New Orleans Hornets, led by Trevor Ariza, Gervais Vasquez, and the rest of the international relations team. But uh, the Bulls, what they had to go on an 8-0 run to win, and you know everybody thought they'd beat the Hornets by 30 points. So kind of an inauspicious opening to the second half of the season for the beloved. Oh, I, I really wish I would. I thought that that game was tonight, Coach. That kind of throws off my plans for the evening. Well, no, 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 don't. They're playing the Spurs tonight, so that you might want to pay attention. Okay, so they didn't even care about New Orleans. They were waiting for San Antonio to come to town. Mm-hmm. you got to give them a little bit of uh, every once in a while. Like that first game after the All-Star break, that's that's a rough one for teams. So they got a W out of it, an ugly win. I didn't see it. I'm, that's too bad. I'll watch the game today when I get home. Eric Rose scored 32 points in that particular game, and it's the San Antonio Spurs with, uh, I don't know, Tony Parker apparently has found the fountain of youth, Big Dog. He's playing like an NBA MVP or near that way anyways. Yeah, he's having a phenomenal year, and, you know, he's had a bunch of knee injuries. You know, and I, I just I, I just kind of wrote him off as like, oh, okay, a guy that had a, like a decent career. Well, he's healthy now, and, man, that, he must have really had a bad knee the last couple of years because he looks faster than ever. So that's uh, yeah. That's, Maybe uh, the fact that he has officially distanced himself from Wisteria Lane. That might have something to do with that it. That might. What was her and, name again? The actress. Uh, Evan Longorio. Thank you. Not, so that's uh, not Evan. That's the third baseman for the Rays. I'm sorry. <laughs> Eva. Uh, Eva. Yeah. Eva. Although Evan's an attractive man in his own right. Um, that a week in legs. My well, God. <laughs> Hey, can I make a comment, see if you're with me here? Way too much here in Chicago with the Bulls. Way too much talk from people calling into the sports talk shows, the sports talkers, the people, not so much the national media, it's right here in Chicago, and I'm talking about, can the Bulls beat the Heat? We're all worried, you know, boy, right now, I do. you know, we got to get somebody else. I don't think we can beat the Heat. You know, we're having a good season, but I don't think we can beat the Heat. Boy, are we an exciting team, but I don't think we can beat the Stop worrying so much, I didn't say it all. I'm putting this out to all of our listeners in the Chicago area. Stop worrying so much about beating the Miami Heat and and, and at least to a 95 percentile. Enjoy the season. Enjoy the fact that you've got a beautifully coached NBA team, a throwback team that plays with great teamwork, has a lot of exciting players and quality guys on the team. I feel like, Big Doug, a lot of the enjoyment of this Bulls team is being sucked up by the but can we beat the Heat? Are you with me? You know, yeah, that's why I don't listen at all to, uh, to like sports talk radio in Chicago anymore because I, I do believe they they pander on paranoia to pe- in people. Okay, uh, but to be honest with you, I'm not worried about that. I do think they can beat the Heat with the team that they have. Okay, honestly, if they're healthy, this team could beat Miami. So all these people that are paranoid and can't think that it can happen, I, I'm not worried about it. But just to let you know, I know the Heat are the ultimate goal for the Bulls this season. But let's face it, if the, if the Bulls finish first or second in the East, and their season for success is going to depend on whether or not they beat Miami in the playoffs. Well, I don't know if I'd agree with that. I, I do. And for me, that's, that's the 
success for the Bulls is whether or not they get past Miami. Uh, see, I, I would go ultimate success. I mean, I so think if the, the Bulls... The NBA championship is the only one that they have. I, I, I go with that. I have no problem with that. Yeah, but I think they can have a very, me, maybe I'm probably in the minority on this, but I think they can have a very successful, very enjoyable season if they continue as they are doing, playing great basketball, beating teams, having one of the best records in the NBA. And if they uh, get knocked off in the playoffs, okay, it will, you know, we don't reach our ultimate goal. We'll diminish the season a little bit. But if you get upset in the playoffs to call the season not a success to me, and again, I'm in the minority, to me, that would be incorrect. I still think it's a successful season. Okay. Well, we, we definitely have differing opinions on, on that one, Coach. Mm-hmm. So. By the way, one other team, if I could throw this out at you, that is sneaking into, and again, I'm not worried about it, like you're not worried about uh, Evan Longoria or not losing any sleep over it, but um, besides the heat, keep an eye on our neighbors out in Indiana. Just a little bit oh. east of us. The Indiana Pacers, Big Dog, are developing individually. It's not the greatest, but they're developing a team concept. 22 and 12 in the season. They won yesterday. I think the Pacers, if they take on the Bulls, that could be a heck of a seven game series. Roy Hibbert, Danny Granger, they picked up David West this year, Darren Collison. They bring Hansborough off the bench now. Pacers could be a team to reckon with. You know, I, I completely agree with you on that one. The, the Bulls and the Pacers had a incredibly tough five-game series last season. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one, Coach. And they're better. And yet, as funny as soon as the, the experimental story broke out in New York, like all the attention, you know, all of a sudden the Heat aren't getting the attention for, you know, like nationally just being a dominant team in the NBA right now. Uh, and, the, you know, the Bulls all of a sudden have, like, no one's talking about them whatsoever. No one's talking about Indiana at all. All Everybody's focused on the, the New York Knicks, and then all of a sudden, is LeBron going to choke? Is LeBron going to choke? Everybody's sleeping on the Pacers, Coach. They're an excellent, excellent ball club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bulls-Pacers series. And instead of five games, I'd like to see it seven this year. Meet in the second round. Make it a seven-game series, because I know the Heat would be a phenomenal one, but Pacers and Bulls, seven games, that'd be good stuff. And by the way, I, I didn't, I didn't four, even what, mention... Are you a Bulls fan? Of course I am. Oh, you'd rather have entertainment over the Bulls winning. I, I'm sorry. I Give me a Bulls victory. I don't want it entertaining. <laughs> I watch enough basketball. I'll get my entertainment watching March Madness. I don't need uh, I don't need to sweat out a Bulls Pacers uh, series coach. Please. Don't, I don't need to go through that. All right. Sorry I mentioned it. By the way, Lynn Sanity, Jeremy Lynn, and company... Resume tonight. They did not play yesterday. At least I don't believe they did. It's the Knicks taking on the Cavalier, and we'll see how that uh, saga goes. We're all rooting for Jeremy Lin and see if he can get along with uh, Carmelo Anthony and the rest of the truth. But they're taking on the Cavaliers. Any prediction on how that's going to go second half, dog? Uh, I think they're going to the the Knicks are going to have a very good second half, and they're going to they're going to battle and end up winning the Atlantic Division over the Sixers, coach. So we could. I know we talk Final Fours and NCAA. We're not going to be able to get to March Madness today, folks. I promise tomorrow we'll definitely get deep into some college hoop. But using the term Final Four, Big Dog, and bring it into the Eastern Conference, how about a Final Four of the Knicks, the improved Knicks, the new and improved Miami Heat, Chicago Bulls, and Indiana Pacers? That's not too bad. Yeah, and don't forget that. The Atlanta Hawks eh, and, uh, eh, and the Sixers. Eh. Coach, the Hawks are a pretty good team. Okay, so you can write them off. I would not. 
But I, I agree with you. I think you think the four best teams are the four that we just said. And that would, would uh, however they match up, that would be pretty entertaining, I think, to watch those teams go after each other. I agree with you on that one. Wouldn't have said that about the Knicks about a month ago, but I would now. All right, Dahl, we got to wrap it up. Phenomenal job. Uh, you are out and about. Did anybody come by and visit you during the 45 minutes you've been sitting by yourself near the Chicago River? Uh, not yet, Coach, but uh, it will. we're about to get busy here in a second. People are starting to show up now. Now, are you? I, I'm a little confused here. Are you in business today, looking for actual tours? No, no, you doing... no, 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 not in business. But I will take out anybody that would want a kayak, and you just sign the contract, and water riders can't take payment. So yes, kind of. We're in business. So, so you're giving a freebie rides today? Yes, I'll take freebie rides, Coach. Interesting. Just for your own person, I don't get it. For your own personal satisfaction, why? Are you... Just for, for enjoyment? If I'm down here. Okay. I can't get on the train until twelve thirty. And you're allowed. You're allowed to use uh, company property. I will treat it better than anybody on this planet. Okay. Just check it. Big dog, be good. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We're getting some March Madness. Okay. Sounds good, everybody. Spread the truth. That's the guys. (laughs) All right. Have a great day, everybody. Two guys in a mic. Talkzone.com. Signing off. We'll talk to you on March first. That'd be tomorrow, ten o'clock. Don't be late.